You're listening to I Heard It on the 806, a podcast by John Bowers. In this episode, John tells the story of Merrill and Beulah Rush, both of whom he loved and admired as he was growing up in his hometown of Harrisburg, Oregon. When John received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, his relationship with his home church, including the Rushes, became strained because they didn't believe what he was experiencing was from God. Years later, when disaster struck the Rush home, God used John's obedience to show that the power of God's Spirit absolutely is real. I was born and raised in the conservative Christian church, Harrisburg, Oregon. Loved the family that was there. There were 90-some believers when I was growing up in the church, and to hit 100 was a big number. That was a huge number. We always tried to hit 100. But normally there were 50 to 60 to 70, and sometimes more. But, oh, on Easter Sunday, we had hit 100, and we thought we had arrived at pearly gates. It was amazing. So numbers were such a big thing to the, the church as I was growing up. We had just a community of believers that were in love with one another. We were really family. As we fast forward this, and I'll talk in other podcasts about my baptism of the Holy Spirit, and what it did to the community of Harrisburg, the church itself, and the community, and the world. This couple, Merrill and Beulah Rush, were precious, precious people. She was my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, and Merrill was an elder in the church that I always loved and admired as I was growing up. And after I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was such embarrassment amongst the elders I just had finished my my master's degree. I was teaching school in Eugene School District in Eugene, Oregon. And I had settled in and loved the three years that I had taught there at the school, loved teaching. And Merrill Rush and the elders, some seven of the elders, came to my house one night as they had called me to like they could come over. And they said, we want you to teach a Sunday school class at the Harrisburg Christian Church. You're one of us, and we'd like for you to come back and and teach. So I was gone for several years at Southern Oregon College in Ashland, Oregon to get my education and finish it. I said, well, the bottom line is, you know, I'm really busy in the area of of what I'm doing in the school district teaching, but what do you have planned? Well, we want you to do a Sunday school class for us, an adult Sunday school class. Well, I had started a Bible study, and the Bible study was an innocent Bible study that started in my house, And we outgrew the house, so I remodeled my barn. We lived on a farm of 470 acres there in the Junction City, Oregon area. And I remodeled this big barn we had, and we we were able to put 45 people in a little room that I had remodeled in the barn. As people were coming, things were starting to happen. Well, I was against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Harrisburg Christian Church and other, and the Northwest Christian College and some of the professors that I grew up with were, I idled those guys. They were great. And they started asking me to share at different conferences as a young teacher that supposedly had some knowledge that I didn't have because I I would preach against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd teach against the move of God's Spirit. Well, as they asked me to teach, I said I would teach. I never told them that I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit about six months before. I never told them that there was such excitement within the Bible study that we outgrew the house and had to move into the barn. 
I never told them that we were outgrowing the barn now. I didn't, I didn't know what we were going to do. But I said, I will teach. I said, let's do this. Let's go for six months, see how it works. And if it works for you, and if we see that it's being successful, let's reevaluate it after six months. Oh, it didn't take six months. I started with the class of 12, adult class of 12. And immediately, I had asked them permission. I said, I'll teach under one condition. I don't want to teach out of the quarterly. I want to teach fresh out of the Word of God. I want to teach the New Testament. I want to read the red. I want to teach out of what is read in the Bible, which means what Jesus said. And if you will allow me to do that, I'll teach. So they said, okay, you don't have to do the quarterly. And I was the only, only teacher in the church then that didn't use a quarterly. Now, I'm, I'm fine. If you want to use a quarterly, that's great with me, but I wanted to just use the Word of God. So I never told them that I was filled with the Spirit. I never told them how much I had fallen in love with Jesus after I had received the Holy Spirit. And as I started teaching, an interesting thing happened. It exploded. They started inviting. People would go home, and they would invite their family members. They would invite community people from the city. And the class started growing and growing and growing. And within a month's time, we had over 100 coming to the class. About six weeks after we had started, once we hit 100, it exploded from there. Now, remember, the Harrisburg Christian Church thought 100 was a lot of people on a Sunday morning. And we were having 100 people coming to a Sunday school class. Unheard of. Well, I assumed that they were pretty excited about the fact that there were numbers but I was more excited about the fact that people were getting touched by the power of God's Spirit. I never told the class I was Spirit-filled, but I was preaching out of the Word of God, which is Spirit-filled. So as the class continued to grow, I got up one morning and was ready for the, the, the teaching. I get to the church, and I would see that there's cars everywhere. And I thought to myself, this is strange. I wonder why there's so many cars here today. I walked up the front steps and opened the door to realize that people were jammed in the North X. They're, they were jammed down the hallway. The class was filled. I said, what's going on? They said, well, people can't get into your class. There's not, enough, there's not enough chairs, not enough room. I said, well, let's just go to the auditorium then. So over 120 people went to the auditorium. And we filled up several front rows. And I started sharing about, again, the power of God's Spirit. And all of a sudden, a lady jumped up and said, My God, I'm not saved. And she's a lady in the church that I knew for years and sang in the choir. She was one of the deaconesses in the church. She said, I've never received Jesus as my Savior the way you're explaining it. And the only thing I was explaining was that there's a real Jesus, a real Savior, a real Redeemer, a real healer, a real provider. And she said, I've never received that Jesus before in my life. So she received Jesus as her Savior. As soon as she finishes praying that prayer, another one jumps up and says, I'm not saved either. And I also knew her. And I realized right then there was a move of God. There was a revival happening in the Harrisburg Christian Church, and there was no stopping it. The momentum was unbelievable. Well, the second month that we were having class, Elders started showing up in my class because they wanted to see what was going on because over 200 people now were coming to the Sunday school class. And the interesting thing, when they finished the Sunday school class, 
many of them, in fact, the majority of the ones that weren't members of the Christian church, left. They were just coming to the Sunday school class. There were new people coming all the time. So the elders called a meeting on Monday night, a board meeting on Monday night, after two months of teaching the Sunday school class. And they said, we have to ask you a question. Are you filled with the power of God's Spirit? In other words, we, we only, we've heard the term before, but are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes. One of the elders slammed his hand on the table and said, I knew it, I knew it. It's all emotion. That's what it is. That's why people are coming. John has the ability to tell a story, and they're coming to hear the story. It's all fake. It's all phony. It's terrible. And we had a, a real mess on our hands. So they asked me, why do you think people are coming? I said, because they love to hear the Word of God. And all I'm doing is teaching out of, out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the rest of the Scriptures in the New Testament. And they're hearing about Jesus, and they're getting saved. Well, immediately, we had some issues because the pastor said, you're leading people to Jesus in your Sunday school class. And I said, of course I am. He said, the only time you lead people to Jesus at the Harrisburg Christian Church is when they walk down the aisle and they receive Jesus during the church service, not Sunday school. Oh, my word. I thought to myself, you know, I know these people. These, I know the pastor. I know the elders. I know these people well. They know me well. Remember, they came to my house. They asked me to teach. The error that I made is I didn't tell them I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I couldn't change the momentum of the power of God's Spirit because it was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. Merrill Rush was one that, oh, I respected. And after that meeting, I was working on our farm, helping my brothers out. And Merrill Rush pulled up in his car to where I was working, and he came over to me, and he says, well, Johnny, I'm here representing the elders at the church. And we believe you've either had a nervous breakdown or you're of the devil, and you need help. That's all he said. This is the guy that used to hold me in his arms. This is the guy that loved me. This, oh, Marilyn Bueller Rice were phenomenal, phenomenal friends. And I just started crying because it was such a heartbreak to hear him say that. When he left, well, the power of God's Spirit filled me again with joy, with happiness, with peace. Oh, the thought of leading more people to Jesus. Sharing the gospel, it was such a delight. In fact, as I would share, the buzzer would go off after 45 minutes of sharing, and the people would say, oh, no, no, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. We had people saying, why don't we go to another place and have Sunday school, have a Bible study during the week? Well, I never told them I was having a Bible study at my barn, but some of them heard about it, and so we filled up the barn, and I'll tell you another podcast as to what we did after we filled up the barn. But remember Merrill Rush accusing me of either being demon-possessed or having a nervous breakdown. One year from that time, I had been uh, asked to leave the church, and my dad had disowned me for receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I really became uh, a loner in that the whole community was sympathetic to the Harrisburg Christian Church and to what I had done to bring heresy into the church, so they say. year from that point, I got a call from Beulah Rush. It was on a Sunday uh, morning. And she said, Johnny, Merrill wants to see you. 
Oh, the last person I wanted to go see was Merrill Rush. It's been a year since he gave me that report. She said, do you know that Merrill had a stroke? I said, yes, I, I heard that. Well, he wants to see you, and please come. So I got myself ready, and I went over to Harrisburg. I was living in Junction, and Harrisburg's 10 minutes away, and I drove over to his house on the river, on the Willamette River in Harrisburg, Oregon. Went up, and Beulah opened the door and hugged me. And I thought to myself, oh, my, what's going on? Because the love of God swept out of that door when she opened it. And when she greeted me, it was a greeting with the power of God's Spirit in it. And I walked in, and oh, what a mess I found. Merrill had shingles in his hair, in his head, and it was oozing. I know this is gross to talk about, but you have to see the picture. It was oozing out of his head like you poured honey on his head, and it was just oozing. Oh, the most ugly sight you'd ever see. And the stroke left him paralyzed on the right side, and he couldn't talk other than slurring his speech. And Beulah said, I want to tell you what, what Mer why Merrill wants you to come. And he says, no, 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 no. And Beulah says, well, then, Merrill, you tell him. So John listened very carefully. So he says, Johnny, I'm going to die. And I asked God, is there anything I need to do before I die? And he said, God told him that you need to ask John Bowers to forgive you because he was my gift to the Harrisburg Christian Church and you threw him out. But you didn't throw him out, you threw me out. Ask John to forgive me, and I'm asking Jesus to forgive me also. I stood there and I listened to that. My heart was beating out of my chest. I says, Merrill, I forgive you. Of course I forgive you, I love you. He said, I was wrong, the elders were wrong. Oh, we took the gift of God and we cast it aside. What a terrible mistake. And again, the longer he spoke, the harder it was to hear him because of his weak condition. And then the Lord told me an interesting thing. He said, now lay hands on his head and pray for his healing. Folks, I did not want to lay hands on his head. It was terrible. It was gross. But obeying the Lord, I laid hands on that sticky head. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, heal my brother of these shingles, heal him. And then, Lord, heal him of this stroke. Take all the paralysis away and cause him to be made well. And, Lord, cause Merrill right now to cry out. And he cried out and he says, Johnny, give me what you've got. I says, Merrill, do you know what that means? He says, I probably don't, but give me what you got. I want the power of God's spirit in me the way you have it in you. Because when I go meet my maker, I want to make sure I go with the power of God's spirit. Oh, I prayed for him. And all of a sudden, Beulah, my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, started dancing. And the best way I can describe it, it sounded like she was in some kind of a Native American chant. As she was dancing around the room, she's rather a heavy set lady, bless her heart. 
And as she was dancing, her hands were in the air, and I realized she was singing in the spirit and dancing. Listen, folks, that had never happened in that home before. These are people that said I either had a nervous breakdown or I was demon-possessed. So I left that house that day, filled with God's Spirit, filled with the joy of the Lord. And about six weeks later, I get a call from my mother, and she said, Did you hear that the doctors misdiagnosed Merrill's condition? His stroke wasn't obviously a stroke. I said, well, what about his shingles? Well, he's well. He's healthy. I got my family together, my wife, my two sons and daughters, our daughter, and we took off for Harrisburg. Went up, knocked on that door, and Beulah opened the door the same way she opened it the first time, six weeks before. Merrill, instead of sitting in the chair, paralyzed with sticky honey in his hair because of the shingles, was sitting at the dinner table, jumped up with his white hair combed, shampooed, beautiful head of hair, no paralysis whatsoever, jumps up from the table waving that paralyzed arm that was no longer paralyzed and said, Johnny, look what the Lord has done. The power of God's Spirit is real. You've been listening to the I Heard It on the 806 podcast with John Bowers. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about John Bowers, this podcast, and to find out how you can get a copy of his new book, I Heard It on the 806, go to IHeardItOnThe806.com. This has been an Avenue 153 production.